for the Indians. One run on, let's see, one hit. That's all we got. One goddamn hit. You can't say goddamn on the air. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. From the Gateway Lounge in Sioux Falls, it's Nobody's Listening Anyway. Here are your hosts, John Gaskins and Matt Zimmer. I told you. I said it right here. I told you so. You wouldn't listen. You said it wouldn't happen. And I called it. You missed out. Josh Dobbs going to lead the Vikings. <laughs> Game-winning drive. After they lose... They've already lost their best receiver. They lose their best lineman. The quarterback gets knocked out. He's been there for three seconds. And, uh, oh, yeah, he'll just he'll rifle them down the field and throw a dart on the uh, very last chance. That was going to happen. So, you know, just saying. It's on the record. Okay, it's not. It isn't. I didn't say that. But wasn't that fun? That was a fun game to watch, yeah. Okay. I was uh, really intrigued by, Jer- is it Jaron Hall, right? Yeah. Yeah. He looked good. I, you know, it was fun to see that. And then uh, when he got hurt, I was like, well, great, awesome. And then I didn't think Josh Dobbs looked good necessarily. Um, but what he did was amazing, you know, to kind of go out there and just wing it, essentially. Yeah. You know, didn't know his teammates, didn't know the playbook. Sounded like Kevin O'Connell was literally explaining to him over the microphone. Okay. Here's the play to tell them to run. These words aren't even going to mean anything to you. Just this is what the play is called. You tell them in the huddle, and now I'm telling you that means, you know, this guy's running a post, this guy's running a fade, this guy's running a drag, and uh, this is your first. Like he literally is explaining everything to him as it's going on, at least as far as I understand it. Um, so that was wild. That was fun to watch. I mean, not even as a Vikings fan rooting for them to win that game, but I think anyone. You know, it was one of the top stories uh, that day on, on SportsCenter and the NFL shows was just, look what happened here. Look how this played out. That's that's wild. That's unique. That's a great story. How could it not be? Did you see the whole locker room thing afterward? Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, he got lifted on their shoulders. Yeah, yeah that was something. I, I mean, I get that was like, that's I, I, I think that more was a, a bottom line thing. Like, you led us to a victory. We won. That's impressive. Because I don't know if they would have gotten to know him well enough that that shoulder hoisting was just like he's <laughs> they love him that much already. He's such a good guy and has made such an impression already that that's why they did that. Uh, it was thanks for thanks for thanks for the win. Um, it's amazing how much of a bottom line league it is. But now it makes you wonder. Uh, you remember when Baker Mayfield came in like on a Tuesday and and just led the Rams to mm-hmm. some mm-hmm. colossal win was yep. just throw- and then that tapered off real yeah. quick, and, yeah. that and then Matthew Stafford came back anyway. But uh, I don't know. I mean, it, it, he's gonna he's gonna be the dude for the rest of the season, probably. You think? I mean, I, if, if Jaron Hall is able to play this week, who knows if he will? You know, concussions are weird. Um, like I said, he looked really good. Now I know he did. I think the plan was for Josh Dobbs to eventually take over, even if. Jaron Hall hadn't got a concussion just because he's a rookie. You know, they brought Dobbs in for a reason. Maybe that accelerates this time. You know, I don't know. Um, I'd be really intrigued to see because, again, it was just one drive where Jaron Hall, and that wasn't his only drive, but the one good drive he had before he got hurt. He showed a little promise. I'd like to see him play again. Um, but, obviously, now at 5-4, and four, 
And with the way things are playing out in the NFC, the Vikings are very much in the hunt. So you can't really waste too much time dinking around like, oh, we want to see what this rookie can do. And I nope. try to nope. win games. Yep. Uh, so so I don't know. We'll see. That's going to be a, a maybe tough decision for Kevin O'Connor. Maybe it won't be a tough decision. I don't know. But that'll be interesting to see. I, he's got, I think he's got too much experience now. Uh, I mean, it's not that much more experience, but, you know, he's yeah. actually this whole season as a starting quarterback. Yeah. yeah, so... Get that. And you're past now caring or being upset about the fact that they're not just going into a total... Well, I was never upset drain, that the Vikings were winning games. Drain. It was just kind of like, you know, my biggest fear this whole season was another 7-10, and 8-9. and nine. You know, I, I, I very much subscribe to the idea that you're either competing or you're rebuilding. You know, if you're stuck in the middle, you're spinning your wheels, you're wasting time, you're wasting prime years of good players. You know, you got to, f- I, I just think, especially, especially in football, where, you know, it's a, there, it's a short schedule, it's only 16, 17 games, things can change so rapidly from year to year. You know, um, I, I, I just don't like the idea of kind of not knowing what your future is, hemming and hawing on, are we going forward? Are we going to rebuild? You know, whatever. Um, well, they're not rebuilding. They're five and four. They're very much in the hunt. Okay, and the NFC looks like shit. It does. It's Who's terrible. good? The e- I know the Eagles are eight and one, but you know they don't look great. The Vikings almost beat them in Philly. You know, I mean, it's hard to say. I guess that the Vikings are a Super Bowl contender without Kirk Cousins. When you know we were very skeptical that they were a Super Bowl contender with Kirk Cousins, um, but just. Looking at the landscape now and seeing how shitty the NFC is, might as well go for it, I guess. I don't think they have any other choice. Well, the they've already won is, too many games to right. really consider. And again, I've never been an advocate for full-on tanking anyway. Um, but yeah, they're 5-4. They're and four. Uh, They went out and got Josh Dobbs. They've, you know... I mean, Cam Akers is out for the year now, too, I saw. They are talking about getting Jefferson back. So... You know, I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a weird, it's a weird team. It's a weird season. But again, I I, I was just telling Jen the other day we we're watching. Like, I don't know if I've ever seen an NFL season that was wherever. Who's good? Right. I mean, Baltimore's pretty good. The Eagles are pretty good. But the NFL might be worse than it's ever been right now. Like, it's just a snapshot in time. I'm not saying that it's like some greater trend or anything. But I can remember 10, 12 years ago. I kind of used to always just watch the Vikings. That's all, I, I'd watch the Vikings at noon, and then I'd go do something else. I didn't watch the 3 o'clock game. I didn't watch the 7 o'clock game. I, maybe I'd watch Monday night. And then right around the, maybe the aughts, 10, 2010, 2012, that area, I started realizing just, like, holy shit, the NFL is so good. Every game is so good. Every primetime game is going down to the wire. Monday night, every single week, every just these great games. Yeah. Like I have to watch every NFL game now. That's just how good the NFL is. I got to watch all these games. And you weren't even doing fantasy no, or no, betting. No, nope, nothing. Yeah, nope, wasn't. I've never been much of either. It. Either just like it's just the NFL was just that good. And now, and again, like I said, maybe it's just a snapshot in time. It's just a fluky thing. Some good players have retired. They've been, you know, whatever it is. But, boy, I, I just don't ever remember looking at the NFL as a whole like it is this year and going, <laughs> okay. You know, I have a tough time. I, watching the games feels like homework, you know. I mean, they're just – there haven't been good games. T- to me, maybe other people are perceiving it differently, but I just don't see really good teams. I don't see really good games. 
it seems like a lot of the league's best players aren't performing up to the level you're expected to see. Well, one of the I, best there is to watch every week is Hurt all yep, season. Yep, and Aaron Rodgers. Some air out of it. But that should it, it, some. It should not as much as it feels like it has. Uh, is it so? Is it lack of offensive, offensively prolific? I, I, I don't know. I don't stuff? know. I just usually what gets people sour. I don't know. Some of football. it is. It's funny, and maybe I'm being a little bit of a, a hypocrite here because. Um, it always would bother me when the media, especially the national media, would complain about, you know, there's no dynasties or there's no, you know, it sucks that we don't have the Yankees dominating or we don't have the Cowboys or the Patriots. Like, fans don't want that. Fans don't want the same teams winning over and over again. But now here I am complaining that there aren't any great teams, you know. So, I don't know. Uh, it, it To me, I, I just, like I said, I, I think I felt like a few years ago, and again, maybe it's just a fluky thing, but I just don't feel like there's as many good games, as compelling of games. There's not as much drama, it feels like. I, I I don't, maybe I'm watching the wrong games. No, I, I don't necessarily disagree with you. I, I, I've, mine's been more subconscious now that you bring that to the forefront. I think the same thing to myself. Like, I, for the most part, Sundays are rest days anyway. I don't really want to make a bunch of plans. I want to be at home on my mm-hmm. ass, <laughs> especially when the weather gets crappy anyway. I mean... When it's not, yeah. go, go golf or go outside, do something fun. But How often do you fall asleep watching a Sunday NFL a lot. game? All I the do. time. Yeah. 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 Even when it's the Vikings. Yeah, absolutely. Like, oh, I mean, I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch the Vikings. That Bears game, and then I was gone. Maybe I'll watch the 3 o'clock yeah. game. I sleep through both of them half the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, the, did you watch the Cowboys Eagles on Sunday? That was good. I did. That was fun. Uh, and I am married to a Cowboys fan, so. So Dallas Goddard got hurt again. Required viewing. He did, toward, and toward the end of the game, too. That was a shame. Uh, but. Oh, now you could maybe say some of the same things you're saying right now about the FCS. Although the FCS, the difference is you've got one, one great, great there team. There is a great team, yes. and boy, are they great! I mean, I don't. It feels like we got to do a podcast every week now, just about how great they are and how great they looked. But uh, look, I've got some things to share about the Jackrabbit game day fan experience because I was there and enjoyed it as a fan. Uh, but just the the game and the players themselves. I mean, it was. Reasonably competitive for a quarter. Bison went right down and mm-hmm. scored early. Uh, but it only took like one turnover, just one mm-hmm. game flow change, and it was just snap of the fingers, and this is they're, – they're cruising here. Yeah, I'll give the Bison some credit. The one thing I heard a lot in the week leading up to the game was as soon as the Jacks establish any sort of control, the Bison are going to quit because they're just not used to being – a team that can get pushed around. They're not used to playing from behind. They're starting to pout about the fact that they're not as good as they used to be. USD beat them. Then UND kicked the shit out of them. As soon as SDSU gets a two-score lead, they're going to fold up the tents. They didn't do that. That's true. I thought they played hard they, the they whole still, game. I mean, they got past the midfield. And, yep. you know, they were never yeah. really in it after SDSU went on that 27-3 to run. But, you know, they kept holding them to field goals. You know, they kept playing. Um, which all, That also could be a bad sign, though, for NDSU. That could tell you that, hey, it's not that they're not playing hard. It's not that they're not F- they're just not that good. Yeah. It could mean that. And and that's not great either. Um, I thought Matt Entz felt like he was making a lot of excuses after the game. Like he blamed their kicker. Like, well, <laughs> college football kicker's got to be able to make a 50 yard field goal. I don't care if it's into the wind. Dude, if that's what you're focusing in on after that game, that your kicker missed that 50 yard field goal, you got bigger problems than that. How dude. early in his comments or list of things was the kicker? How far up there was I, it? One of the first things he mentioned, if oh I remember. Oh, my God. Right. 
Um, you know, and then he went on and on about, well, they have all these seniors and they have all these sixth-year guys and they're so experienced, which is absolutely true. And it's the reason SDSU is so good. They've got these 10 sixth-year seniors that are all starters and everything. Guess how many sixth-year seniors the Bison have? 10. I mean, now maybe they're not the same level. Clearly they're not. You know, and maybe they don't have the same role on the team that the guys for the Jacks do, but... And I hate to pick on Matt Enns because I've defended him a lot and I do think he's a good coach and a good dude and, and I feel bad for him that he, you know, suddenly feels like everyone in North Dakota hates him when he's got a, what, 56-10 and 10 career right. record or something. Um, Two national titles already? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that did feel a little bit like he was uh, making excuses. Uh, Jacks are just better. You know? yeah, oh, yeah. And they're a lot better. And they're better than everyone. Does that mean they're going to go undefeated? No. Does that mean they're going to run the table? No. No, they might. And I think they're going to. I think the odds are that they will. Uh, but someone could beat them. No one, no one's infallible. Having said that, they just continue to answer the bell week after week after week after week. Uh, at Jimmy Rogers' press conference this morning, I said, uh, well, Jimmy, you know, you guys have kind of almost joked about, hey, the media keeps handing us these narratives, telling us what we got to worry about, and, and we keep crushing them. So I, I roll. Yeah. Well, so I said to him this morning, I, and I, very much tongue-in-cheek, and to Jimmy's credit, he sense that I was joking. I go, uh, okay, Jim, I spent all weekend trying to think of a, a narrative for you. Uh, and I go, the best I can come up with is, hey, you had two rivalry games in a row. Now this isn't a rivalry game. It's on the road. So you're going to have a letdown, obviously. I go, what do you think? Will that work? And he just kind of laughed and was like, well, I guess if you say that's what it is, I guess that's what it is. So, And that's about as far as Jimmy will go in, you know, exchanging in some banter on that but but it's it's the truth you know i mean we have continued to throw out these narratives is the word that we've all settled on i guess but it's not like those things are made up you know there's a reason we talk about these things because you know these teams have a history these teams have established uh you know patterns and whatnot and you know ndsu has been a great team for a long time you know the usd rivalry has the Jacks struggled in the Dome for a while. You know, their struggles against Northern Iowa. All those things the that we Jack talked about. The Jackrabbits in the past have always had one or two banana peel games yeah, against yeah. a team they yeah. should beat. All those things that, that the, the current Jacks team has sort of pushed back against yes. were, were based in truth. You know, we didn't make those things up. No. Uh, but to this team's credit, dating back to last year and carrying into this year, they have pushed those things aside. They have said, okay, yeah, we get it. That those are all the things that have happened in the past. That's why you talk about them. We are here to tell you that those things aren't going to happen anymore. And so far, they've answered the bell every single time. The narrative and, busters. Yeah, I mean that really is. And uh, you know, the you, I don't know if they think that they're surprising people. You know, oh, we're, we're you know we're shocking the world. Nobody believes us. No, dude, everybody believes in you. <laughs> <laughs> no one is doubting you. <laughs> you are the best team in the country, and everyone knows it. Um, but that 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 creates its own set of challenges, you know, sure, sure. having to kind of feel like, well, you know, anything less than winning every single game and winning it convincingly is, you know, disappointing. You know, they only beat Southern Illinois by seven. Is that bad? I mean, I didn't criticize them, but maybe some people did. I don't know. Um, I, I just think you, you have to, regardless of how they choose to, to spin things on their end and how we choose to spin it in the media, they just continue to answer the bell week after week after week. And at this point... I don't think there's any legitimate reason anymore to doubt them or suggest that something's going to trip them up. What would it be? 
you know. Oh, we're, if, we're, if, we're nine games in. Yeah, and, and they've, <laughs> fa- they've faced all these good teams. I, mean, yeah. I think six of their nine games have been against ranked teams, something like that. You know, I mean, they yeah, – home away, rivalry game, not rivalry game, you name it, they've met all the challenges. And, and like I said, I know they only beat Southern Illinois by seven, but that was a good win too. And now Youngstown State, this is – again, if we wanted to play this game – we could. Well, Youngstown State's ranked, and they're in the playoff hunt, and it's on the road, and the Jacks have gone to Youngstown and shit the bed before. I think it was Dallas Goddard's junior or senior year. Uh, they had a great offense. Went to Youngstown. First drive of the game, they march right down the field. Uh, Dallas Goddard's about to score to give him a 7 nothing lead. He tries to extend a play. When he he could have just gone down at the five yard line. He tried to break a tackle, extend the play. Fumbles. Youngstown recovers. Goes down the field and scores. Changed the entire game. Youngstown won. Yeah. I think the final score was nineteen to seven or something like that. So yeah, we could do that. We could say, well, this is what has happened before, and Youngstown's good. And but I, I just, you know maybe that'll happen, but I don't think it will. The Jacks are that much better than everyone else. They should go to Youngstown and win comfortably. Well, really, what what is an underwhelming performance this year besides Southern Illinois, which is still Montana State? I team. guess they, you know, I mean, they that was the number two team game. in the country at the time, right? They're still yeah. number five. I mean, so I mean, unless you're the sorry about this, the apology in a, ahead of time. Unless you're the '95 Huskers or 2019 <laughs> LSU with Joe Burrow, uh, you're not going to win every game by blowout. Um, and I was. Uh, I wasn't angry, but I, I was disappointed that this game wasn't closer. It had nothing to, to do with SDSU. I was just, it, it, you know. The Bison game? Oh, uh, yeah. Saturday, it was just, I was bummed that, that NDSU didn't give it a better game. Yes, they kind of were in striking distance the whole time, but you never really felt like they were going to make some move to go over the top a little bit. And, and, and Is the and, reason you're disappointed because it took away from the rivalry aspect of it? It took away just from the fact that I'm used to North Dakota State being this big, powerful juggernaut. Uh-huh. And even with by last year, maybe the year before, where SDSU had surpassed them or definitely equal strength, that it was still like this is going to be a, you know, a steel cage match. Yep. You know, this is going to be a 15-round fight, prize fight. And it, it just wasn't. It was just kind of, um, af- again, after you got through the first quarter and a half. I mean, at halftime, it's 20. You could. I felt it at halftime. Like, it's 20 to 9. This is not going anywhere. It's yeah. only two scores, but this is not going anywhere. And it didn't. Plus, you knew SDSU was going to get the ball first. And to that point, I don't think the offense had been stopped. They had had a couple touchdowns and a couple field they only goals. only punched once the whole game. Yeah. yeah so, uh, it, it, was, it, it just looked like a different outfit over there in those uniforms. I, I almost tweeted, but I didn't need to. Uh, who are these imposters wearing North Dakota <laughs> State outfits? And I understand part of that is a testament to how good, how dominant, how solid the Jacks are, and how well they played and locked in they were that day. But it was still kind of like uh, it, the the series has uh, set a really high bar. But it just kind of felt mm-hmm. like this is just another. Well, this feels more like just another win over a ranked team. You uh, saw it at the end of the game. Yeah, um, I I wrote almost my entire column about it. And I think McFeely kind of did too. Like game's over. They didn't even do the thing where they raced to get the marker. Yeah, you know. They walked across the field, shook hands, and then they walked over to the marker like, oh, like Jimmy said in the post, like I had to remind the players, you're supposed to go get the trophy now. Yeah. It didn't, I'm sure that stings for for Bison fans, Um, but it's even weird for for us, so to speak, in South Dakota, like it happened that fast, you know, it went from this is the end all be all, this is the game to, oh, 
All right. Yeah. Right. I guess we get to keep the marker. I Who mean, gives a shit? You had to figure at some point of SDS, you kept going the way it was, the way Stig was building it. And that, again, SDSU would surpass NDSU, but in that even perhaps not only would SDSU finally learn how to beat them, but beat them over and over again, which now they have, but it still is surreal, slightly unbelievable, and a tad disappointing to see just how much faster the Jacks are, how much easier it is for them to explode for big plays. Yankee left, Yankee right, mm -hmm. a couple times in a row on, I think, their first touchdown drive when you kind of knew the seas were starting to part, and just how much how dominant they were physically. Um, gosh, it was weird. And by the way, I want to go back to that trophy thing before I forget about it. I've, you know, it, to me, it's always one of the fun sites, even in these dumbass, uh, you know, Big Ten, the, the big trophy for Iowa, Minnesota, and the even the what's become uh, the Heroes Trophy for Nebraska, Iowa. It is still, to me, one of the things that stands out about college football that makes it, that puts a, the check mark in their column against the pros is these rivalry games where the teams, uh, you know, by multiple players race to the other sideline mm -hmm. or the, mm -hmm. the end zone, wherever it is, Augie USF with the key to the city. Mm -hmm. They race, fuck the handshakes yeah. and all that. Let's just race and get it. And the cameras are there. I think those are really cool images. But when it goes back to, A, they may have forgotten. B, it obviously viscerally isn't a big deal anymore uh, because now they've got a national title trophy and they've, they, this senior class knows nothing but beating North Dakota State, uh, fourth-year seniors. The um, I I wonder like, should you feel good about that? Like, isn't it still more important? Isn't it still more important to shake the hands? Isn't that nice? They're being gentlemen. It's supposed to be a gentlemanly game. Uh, I hate to push back on Stig, but I don't like that he because they said that was from Stig. But yeah. he had always barked at them. Now, go boys, go first. shake hands. Don't fuck disrespect that. me. It's a rivalry yeah, game. fuck that. Well, I'm going to get the trophy. And, and, and while we're at it, because uh, uh, it, was, it was interesting to sit in the stands, and I was on the quote-unquote visitor side, which was still mostly Jackrabbit fans. I, I don't know what it looked like from your side, um, but, I mean, probably a lot less green and gold than you're used to. It oh, yeah. It didn't feel. There yeah, wasn't. No. I mean, they were definitely there, and their presence was known and felt. No. Uh, there were, but there were smatterings around me. Uh, there was no one big NDSU section like the Jackson. I the, went down on the field in the second week. quarter just because it was a beautiful day. I wanted to yeah. experience it in the outdoors for a while. And uh, so I was facing the side you were sitting on. Guy, you know, I was in press box side. Vince Benedetto was there. Um, you know, he's a former SDC player. Jefferson and, head coach. And uh, he came over to chat with me for a while. We're Abbott standing on the, the sideline, and uh, we were just kind of talking about, look at this. You know, because Vince played. You know, obviously before all this, and and uh, we were kind of making the comment on how you know what we've talked about. How do you recruit against this? Mm -hmm. You know, look at this atmosphere. Look at this environment. Uh, you know. It's yeah, help. The weather is beautiful, but like the was. place is just packed, and you know they do the wave with the Beach Boys that we talk about, and how loud it gets in there, and just when the team gets rolling, I mean, it's just an amazing atmosphere, <clears throat> especially for people from South Dakota. Like you grew up in Nebraska, going to Husker games all the time. There's a lot of people, John, in South Dakota who have never been to a Big Ten football game, have never been to any major college football game. Um, I've been to a few, but not nearly as many as you have, and. What, what you're experiencing at SDSU right now is kind of close to that. It's smaller, obviously, but it's really getting there. And there was a time where there was, you did not get to experience anything like that anywhere 
in this state's borders. And now you're seeing it, and it's amazing. And so Vince and I were just kind of commenting on, Jesus, look at this. This is incredible what they built here. And Vince said, you know what the biggest difference is, other than, you know, just you know, the facilities are better and everything. He's like, look over on that side. He's like, a few years ago, that side might be full, but it was full of yellow and green. Yeah. And he's like, look, look over there now. There was a little bit of green, but not too much. Well, that's what it took to sell out a uh, Dana J. Dykehouse Stadium they a few years ago. Out, but yeah, before last year. Yeah. And it was the Dakota Marker uh, college, college game, game day game. Yeah. yeah. And there was a lot of green that right. day. Right. Yeah. And uh, so first for your... This versus Power 5, look, 90,000 is different from 20,000. No question. Yeah. And so... Uh, it's it's fine if you grew up here and you have no interest in going to a Nebraska or an Iowa game. I'd highly recommend it, and so you can at least understand and shut your mouth if you don't think that like that's that's mm-hmm. it, it that's better. Sorry, mm-hmm. it's, even if Nebraska sucks and the stadium's quiet, like the beginning of the eighty thousand is different. It's it's a whole different jolt of electricity. At the same on, on the same token, I of course come into going to games at places like Augie a few weeks ago, USD last week, SDSU this week. Obviously, with that background and that backdrop, that it's hard to compare. It takes a little more to impress you. It's hard, well, it's also hard to compare. You just don't want to compare. That's unfair. Yeah. But in all three cases, and it was Augie Mankato that was a huge game, and Jackson Yotes big game. These were close to full stadiums and great atmospheres. It still, it still is. It's it's its own charm. And I'm not saying that is like patting you on the back or playing, mm. rustling your hair like, oh, you're so cute, FCS uh-huh. division. Uh-huh. It really, it, no, it's really super cool. And I, I, I go as much for the setting and the scene as much as I do the, the foot. I love the football, but yeah, I, I just I enjoyed just sitting back. I was about 25 rows up and just looking at the whole thing. You know, it's interesting, a footnote about having just a slightly smaller stadium, that you can see more than the stadium. Like, you can see that big right. tower. You could right. see some of the campus in that corner from where I was sitting and... Um, it, anyway, it was really it was really nice, but there were some Bison fans there. They did let their presence feel known, and I, I, I part of me thought it was awesome to be in the thick of it, and part of me was uncomfortable with a Jackrabbit fans walking up and down the aisles or sitting here and there right around me and just constantly saying "fuck the Bison, fuck the Bison, fuck the Bison." And, uh, and 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 Bison fans were being pretty like these two schools and their fans do not like each other. They were able to sit. I was. They were uh-huh. able to sit together, and actually, like in the quiet moments, be kind of you know. Some of them were talking to each other and you know uh-huh. poking each other in the ribs a little bit. Isn't this fun? But it was still like I mean I could still feel the borderline inappropriate. Hatred, that is partly what is great about college football uh-huh. and rivalry games. Well, I hope that Jack's fans are able to keep it somewhat classy. I'm not saying they were all yelling, fuck no, the bison. But my but. experience being in Fargo has always been a really positive one. Uh-huh. I'm not saying that there haven't been jackass bison fans over yeah. the years. I'm sure there have. But every time I've been to the Fargo Dome, <clears throat> bison fans, as far as I could tell, uh, we're pretty classy, and it's easier to be classy yeah. when you're, you know, the number one team all the time. But, exactly, and um, that's what SDSU is becoming, and that's partly that's what, what I'm I saying. I, I hope that they can uh, not be jerk offs about it. And I'm not saying yeah. they are, and I know you're yeah. not saying they are. Yeah, I, I just yeah. hope that. Yeah, you do want a certain level of of uh, nastiness is the wrong word. You know what I'm getting at. You you want a certain level of of bickering, animosity. bickering, animosity, yeah, but you don't want it to reach a point where, you know, no. you don't want to bring your kids to the game, things like right. that. And I'm going to say it was like 5 to 10%, and, and, and 5 to 10% when you hear it, it sticks out, right? It, you can feel a little <laughs> bit more. When when the Jacks played uh, the Coyotes the week before, uh, I went to the game with Landon Dirks from the Mitchell Republic, and we parked in the 
media lot, and then we're walking from the lot to the dome. We had to cross that street by the hotel on the what is it, the west side of the uh, of the dome, and we're walking in, and there's like a student apartment complex right there, and there are some kids standing out there drinking at you know 11 o'clock in the morning or whatever. Just and. <laughs> It was very funny, but they're like, fuck the jacks. And you're kind of like, oh, that's funny. And the guy just kept doing it. Like, it went on and on. And I was like, okay, this guy's committed to this bit. There's nobody out there. Yeah. You know, this is a few people wandering around, and he's just standing out there holding the drink at 11. Fuck the jacks. It's like, all right, I guess. Yeah, here's, you know. Uh, Outside the stadium, the tailgating, you know, it was fun. But, yeah, I, I'm all for being being punchy but not being you know it was mostly like fine said. and again the jackrabbit fans didn't have really any reason to rub the nose in it anymore they're used to beating NDSU by now and uh, it was quite clear throughout most of the game who was going to win so there wasn't a whole lot of pent up anything anyway and same for the Bison fans they were relatively quiet because they were getting beat yeah. again yeah. Uh, and by the way so I went with uh, a Bison friend of mine an alumnus of SDSU named Greg an old radio friend and he um, <laughs> well he, he talked about ends on the drive there. We stayed at the casino in Flandreau and drove up. So it was a half-hour drive both ways. But you, you'll get a kick out of this because it was like I, I painted the perfect scene of, like, where the Jackrabbits and the Bison are in their football rivalries right now and, where, and how the fans feel about it. It was, like, it was like a stereotypical scene. We had just gotten done uh, eating our dinner and with our drinks at Cubby's, of course, after the game. I, I said, yeah, if you're in Brookings, I felt like I had – we got to go to Cubby's, and they were like, okay. You got in? And we, we, d we did because it was almost full. We, well, first of all, we left early left fourth quarter. Yeah, I was going to say. We're like, we gotta, if we want to go eat in Brookings, we better get out of here now. I want to and, they were, and, and, yeah. and Greg was like, yes, good, because I've seen enough. Right, and he sure. was pissed. He was pissed about how poorly his team had played. Anyway, uh, we leave Cubby's, and um, uh, we just getting into the car, and Greg's wearing a big green bison hoodie, and some – some college kid popping off, just like, you have a good drive home there, you know, or something like uh. that. And just, he might have Kurt, I don't remember what he said, but he was, you know, college kid popping off. And uh. Greg was just like, again, by now, he's over the loss, and we'd had drinks and talked about life, and uh, and he gets taken right back to that spot. And, and so what, predictably, do you think a Bison fan who's not going to, and Greg is not the type that's just going to go, because he had had a little whiskey, He's not gonna. He's he's not the type of fan that's gonna go. Okay, thanks, and just get in the car and avoid the conflict. So, what do you think his the card that he played after after uh, that nine, uh, nine to one would yep, be my guess. Yes, indeed. Uh, yeah. He said, uh, the, the, "How many national titles do you got?" Well, we got the last one, nine. Yeah. Enjoy. You, you, you come back to me when you get the nine. It was the, it was just uh -huh. back and forth, uh -huh. and all Greg after about the first two exchanges, all Greg kept saying while the kid was yep, 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 yep. Greg was like nine, nine, <laughs> nine, <laughs> and then by that point, his wife Carla was like, okay, time to get in the car now. Yeah. Uh, but he so but he's a typical he's not a season ticket holder but he watches the games and uh, he's they, they, they don't like they don't like ends very much I'll tell you that uh, they think that ends is the impression that they get you, you would know you would probably know better than this guy that ends is too buddy buddy with the fans he's not as much of a disciplinarian as Kleiman was mm. it's in, you know the penalties turnovers mistakes things seem a little looser over there and they don't they don't think he knows what he's doing they don't think he and we, and I had the whole conversation on this half-hour drive before the game. 
I said, and he, I said, dude, I've been there as a Nebraska fan. You had nowhere to go but down. Yeah. Seriously. And it sucks because you've seen how high level it can be, and you know it can't last forever. He's like, I know, I know, but it's still real frustrating to watch. And, yeah. and so naturally I mean, they're not I big think, on ends. I think you can lay it at Matt Ence's feet without it really being his fault, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Meaning, yeah, it has slipped under his watch, but also it was going to slip under someone's watch. Yeah. You know, I have made the argument that Bill Parcells could have replaced Chris Kleiman, and eventually it was going to slip. Is that – maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But, you know, we talked about this with Curtis Riggs last week, who won, what, 11 championships in a row with the Storm or yeah. something like that, if you don't count the, you know, year they had to forfeit or whatever. Um <laughs> It's just hard to keep that level up, and when when coaches change, you know it gets even harder because you know players are going to leave or things are going to be different. And plus, there's just oh, you're being chased constantly. You know it's hard. You're you're sitting still. Everyone else is is chasing you. And that's not to say Matt Ince hasn't made any mistakes. You know has recruiting slipped? Maybe. You know is he just not as good of a tactician as Kleiman was? Maybe. maybe. I mean all, those things could be not true. Not as good of a leader? Maybe. Yeah. You know I. You know I. I would kind of frown at the idea that he's running a loose ship. I mean maybe. I don't know. I'm obviously not around that program on yeah. a day to day basis. But you know the Jacks have an incredible program. Yeah. Uh, everything from the you know yeah the facilities made a huge difference, but you know you look at the coaches they've had in there. Um, there's been a ton of turnover since Stig was there, but the culture remained the same because Stig was so awesome at hiring and bringing in the right people. Yeah. And look where they all went. You know, Eric Eidsness is at an FBS school as an offensive coordinator right now. Jason Eck is one of the best head coaches in the FCS. He's probably going to be in FBS pretty soon. Brian Bergstrom took Winona State to the playoffs in his first year as a head coach. Dan Jackson's at Vanderbilt. I could go on and on. There's all these guys that worked under Stig. They have a really, really good program over there. Zach Lujan's their offensive coordinator right now. He's, what, 28, 29? He might be one of the hottest coaching candidates in the the country. He's going to be a great head coach someday. You know, maybe they just have better people. That doesn't necessarily mean, and, and maybe they don't. That's a, a weird way to put it. But I just mean, you know, it doesn't have to be that NDSU is fucking something up is what I'm saying. Right. You know, it could just be that the Jacks have found a formula right now that's just better than everyone else's. I do think, Curtis said it last week, <clears throat> that indoor facility that they have at Fargo, now that's going to make a huge difference. That's going to give them a boost in recruiting. I don't think this is going to be... <clears throat> the beginning of the end, so to speak. Partly because, you know, you alluded to this earlier, everyone else sucks. <laughs> the FCS is not very good right now. You know, 10 years ago, you had all these great programs that have all moved up to FBS. There's nobody left, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, the Bison are going to be one of the top programs. Yeah. They just are. And uh, NLA and Transfer Portal is going to hurt, it has hurt them, it's, it should hurt the Jacks and that's too. One thing. that's one thing where I will be a little critical of Ents and his staff. You can complain about, well, the portal hit us. We got hurt by the portal. Portal goes both ways. Yeah. Look at the Jacks. Jason Freeman, one of the best players in their defense, transferred in. Mm-hmm. John O'Brien, their right tackle, transferred in. Bowling yep. Green. Uh, Brian Williams, nose tackle, transferred in. Uh, they've got some great players that transferred in. It hasn't just – now, they've also been fortunate. They haven't lost anyone really of, of consequence to the portal. But NDSU senior, go, oh, these guys tra- – well, go out and get somebody. You don't think some dudes out there that – 
you know, lost their whatever it is, wouldn't want to come play there. Yeah. And then, you know, Zeb Nolan came, didn't really work out. Uh, the quarterback from Virginia Tech came and didn't really work out. So, you know, you also have to use the portal correctly, get the right guys. Maybe they have another area where they've struggled. Get, but get, it's, it's something you got to learn and learn and continue to learn how to, yeah. how to handle correctly. Yeah. McFeely said Everybody's in his column after the game, uh, basically acknowledged, yeah, the Bison kind of stink this year. Uh, they got Southern Illinois and Northern Iowa the next two weeks. They could lose both of those games and miss the playoffs. Think about that. Mm. North Dakota State missing the playoffs entirely. Wow. I don't think it'll happen. I think they're going to win at least one of those two, maybe both, and get in. Uh, but the, the overarching point of Mike's column, and I agree with it, is just give them a mulligan this year. They've earned that. Yeah, and they earned the re- but okay. just one year. Yeah, because if this if they come back again next year and stink again, then I think it's fair to say, all right, this is in danger of getting away from us. We need to make some changes. One thing that did ruffle the feathers of Bison fan Greg as we were talking about NDSU on the drive up is he referred back to McFeely's column after the national championship loss to SDSU, uh-huh. where said the dynasty is done. I declare this the end of the dynasty, and he didn't like that. And I, I think, I, I, I love Mike, and I think he's usually very perceptive about things and ahead of things. But it, it, just to what you said, like give them the mole again, uh, it, 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 he might very well be right. Maybe they don't go back. And you know, again, and then you ask, well, what's a dynasty? If they only win one of the next three to one yeah. of the next four, yeah. is that, you know, uh, it, it, feels like the, it feels like the reign is over, I guess, by maybe that does mean the dynasty is over, but you, you, let's not declare them dead um, after one year removed from winning a national title. So, uh, by the way, okay, uh, I'll, I'll get a quick game day experience assessment. I'm going to say this, trying try to say this in the most innocent way. You can pummel me all you want, and I know you will if you feel it's it's warranted. Well, I don't go to Jack's games as a fan, you don't. so I don't so know here's, how I'll and, be and I don't very and I don't very often very either. This is my first experience, and I was on the visitor side, so maybe things on the home don't side are different. Don't call it that. It's not a visitor side. Okay, it's all the Jack Stadium. I was on the side where the visitors usually. I was, it was the it was the poor man's side. How's visitor sideline. The yeah, bleacher side, uh, with not the cushy seats, with the cheaper tickets. Uh-huh. Um, and and it, there's not a bad seat in the house. That's another great thing about twenty thousand seat stadiums. There's not a bad seat in the house. It's got to be a better view over there with the uh, press box. Well, I liked the, that. The, yeah, the I preferred whole, that. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think that's a better view. I, th- I thought it was the better view. And, yeah, you could see the tower out in the distance. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I, was, I almost texted or Justin Sully. I said, oh, no, I'll email him later. And I'm like, he's got enough things to fucking deal with. And he probably has other people complaining about things. But Justin listens to the podcast anyway. So here we go. Um, Supposedly. The, yeah. The line, I, I've never, this 20,000-seat stadium, I, I've never been in a longer line to get into a game. There was one entry point from our side of the stadium, and it wrapped it literally wrapped around a block around the parking lot. Thought that was interesting for a new stadium, and maybe there's just not space. There's, I'm trying to think. They had to have thought this out beforehand. There must be a good reason for this, but it was... Uh, we all hate long lines. We all understand when we go to sporting events as well that you're going to have long lines for stuff. It's part of a sporting event experience. Mm-hmm. But then you walk right in. First thing you see when you walk right into this particular gate, on the, whatever side you want to call it, the beer line. Oh, good. The beer line's right there. That's nice. It, it, it is forever, and you need a wristband to get the beer. And, uh-huh. again, they thought this out. There must be a good reason, but there's a 20-minute wait for a wristband. This is 20 minutes before the game. Uh-huh. And then there's a if good 10, 15 to 20-minute line for the beer and at halftime the lines for beer everything uh the restrooms just it was too long and i i, I you know 
I sound like an old cranky person or someone who's never been to a football game, but it was abnormally like there's just not enough stuff there to handle that many people. And I don't know if they know that or knew that, and maybe they built it for 12000 not figuring they'd start selling out games. I don't know. Mm. That's all I got. I okay. can't really comment. I'm not, you know, I, I literally have not experienced. <laughs> the last time I went to a Jacks game as a fan was in Coughlin Alumni. Yeah. And it's funny. I bitched. I wrote a column the next day okay. bitching at them for not taking cards. They only took cash at the time. Yeah. And uh, this was a long time ago. Boy, but times I, have changed. I, I walked up to the ticket booth to buy tickets, and I got out my wallet. Like, we don't we take cards. I'm like, so I can't come to the game? <laughs> And then, well, there's an ATM in the student union uh, across campus. So me and my oh. ex-wife, <laughs> wife at the time, Jesus. walked across campus. They didn't even have an ATM in the stadium? No. Oh, and, my uh, God. Got cash out of the student union, walked back to the stadium. I bitched a blue streak the whole time. Yeah. And we were going to be early. As it was, I think we missed kickoff. And uh, the next day, I wrote in my, my blog for the Argus Leader. I was like, get your shit together. This is bullshit. And I was pretty cranky in the blog i went after him and i kind of like i remember terry being like dude you were kind of a dick in that blog and i was like well i'm pissed off and uh i ended up getting an email from someone in sdsu's administration who i will not name you don't work there anymore anyway but he was like hey uh off the record i'm really glad you wrote that because i've been begging them to do this so you know sometimes it just takes a while well i don't know if the right people know these things too i mean do people complain i don't know i i think justin's really hands-on he wants to know about those things i i highly doubt that there are any complaints out there that he has not heard heard, that he doesn't know yeah but it's also not as simple as just snapping your fingers and the next week it's fixed i I will tell you if you at at least at south dakota state jackrabbit games i did not drink or buy beer at the usd game i had a media pass and i didn't get beer but at this one, I'll just if it's going to be a sellout crowd or close to that, and there's going to be plenty of people on on the whatever side you want to call it, the other side. Uh, just if you like to drink beer and want to, just be re- like be ready. You're gonna have to wait a while for it. You're gonna have to miss a little football if you really love your beer and you're and you want to drink some beer. That's all. Uh, I know we got just a few minutes. Uh, This is one of those podcasts where I have to say sorry, USD, because they have a big one against UND. Uh, Well, a big win against Southern Illinois. That was a huge, huge win. We both said we didn't think they were going to win that game. We didn't. And they did. Good for them. And that's impressive, and it was basically a ball control game. It looked like an Iowa game, a Nebraska game, like 17-14-ish. What what was the final of the Iowa-Nebraska game, by the way? No, not Iowa-Nebraska. Iowa-Northwestern, was it? Because it was like the the record low over-under. Was the final 10 Seven. And it was under. Yeah, so they, it was the it under. It went under okay. the record yeah. low under. Nebraska lost to Michigan State, right? They did pretty Jesus, sad. Just when pretty it was bad. like, oh, hey, they might win the West. Uh, I I was worried. I, I wouldn't have predicted that, but uh, I can't handle prosperity. Big uh, Ten West same, prosperity. Gophers lost Illinois. Yeah. It's, it's, just, it's a pathetic little pillow fighting let's, mud let's, slop let's, over there. Let's end with this, maybe. Okay. We'll end with it, but w- <laughs> yes or no, South Dakota State would win the Big Ten West this year. Uh, I think it. They. I think they'd be right in the mix at four and two, three and three, like all these guys. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't. The, the the thing is, is that you can't with the Big Ten West. Is it? You still have to factor into an equation. All these games. A lot of them are like. In, in Iowa's case, they're literally twelve to ten, ten to seven, bullshit like that. A lot of other games, like Nebraska's, some of Nebraska's games. 20 to 13, whatever, uh-huh. that. Uh, okay, there's got to be some good defense. It can't just be all, like, none of these guys have any playmakers yeah, yeah. on offense. Yeah. So, I mean, I think there'd be a lot of, cl- I'll say this, there'd be a lot of close games, and they and the, and the ma- I think the Jacks are built uh, to not make as many 
mistakes. And we often hear like, well, yeah, these FCS teams can can win one game against an FBS team, but they wouldn't have the depth, you know, to be able to compete yeah. for over a course of a whole season. Which, for the most part, is true. They have 63 scholarships versus sure. 85. But I'm not so sure that SDSU's team this year doesn't have the depth that they could maybe hang in that scenario. Well, of course, for a the, year. Anyway. The, I'm not the, saying you know every year. But. The thing is, anytime a team from FCS or a group of five beats a Power Five team, especially a highly ranked Power Five team. Th then that kind of conversation starts, yeah. and then you have to realize: can they do it weekend? That's what I'm saying. Week yeah. out, weekend, yeah. week out. Yeah, as the season goes along, uh, do you have staying power? Uh, my guess is probably not to win the Big Ten West, but to certainly compete. Sure, Maybe. I can see yeah. it. Yeah, I think it's. I can see it. Yeah. Uh, uh, a, a sentence about how you. We didn't do the dead guy thing this week, Bobby Knight. Uh, oh. it, it, I mean, so much got said. I thought you were going to say Matthew Perry. I was like, shut the no, fuck up. No, <laughs> I missed that window. Sorry, I missed that window. Well, I remember you mentioning it. As a, yeah. yeah, I know. I know. Bobby Knight, and I'm sure you're the same way, uh, was a really influential, important person in my, kind of like in my whole family growing up. Like, Bobby Knight wow. was a person everyone knew about. Well, partly because my family, it was uh, Vikings were number one. Well, Vikings and Twins were kind of a 1A, 1B, and then uh, Gopher Basketball was the number two I remember you telling family. me this. Yeah. Uh, we were really, really into Gopher Basketball, and if you remember, I know the Huskers weren't in the Big Ten, so maybe you weren't as familiar, but the Big Ten back then... Oh, I, I remember. Gene Cady and Lon Kruger and Bobby Knight and... I was and an Illinois Steve. fan. My cousin went to Illinois. I was Kay. a big Illinois so fan. There were, and that was when Clem was coaching the Gophers. Yeah. I mean, these coaches were all larger-than-life yep. characters. They were the face of those programs. And Bobby Knight and his red sweater and the barking and hollering. And, like, I remember my grandma having... A lot of opinions about Bobby Knight. Yeah. And we all kind of hated him, but also kind of respected him, you know. And for the most part, I was always pro-Bobby Knight. Uh, I, you know, I was coached by a lot of people like Bobby Knight. My parents were coached by people like Bobby Knight. I understand why people nowadays look at him and go, how was he not thrown in jail the day after he started? Like, they just don't understand how, not only how... Oh, it was a different time, but like he wasn't the only one doing that. There were a lot of other coaches. He was like definitely that. the leader of the pack. I he think. was by all means. He wasn't and, the first, but he was know, definitely the leader the chair of the pack and all that stuff. Yeah, um, and then it, it towards the end, it was like, "What are you even doing? Like this is you yeah. you you need to adapt to the times." Oh, he, he was didn't, man didn't, yelling know. at the clouds. Yeah. yeah, and then you know some of the interviews he did at the end, the one he did with Jeremy Shap, where he insulted him, comparing him to his dad, and it was yeah. just like he, it almost felt like he was playing a character yeah. eventually. It was like, dude, give it up. You're embarrassing yourself and embarrassing Indiana and blah, blah, blah. Um, and that stuff will always be part of his legacy. I'm sure you read many of the tributes that came uh, yes, out that were all... I mean, those are kind of slam-dunk stories to write. I mean, it, yeah. there was tons of great content from people. He's such a compelling character because of the dichotomy. Yes. You know, we heard all these things, the great things he did... But you gave extra weight to the great things he did because he didn't do them out in the open. It clearly wasn't like, oh, I'm going to do this to try and get people off my back for what a shithead I am. Like, he just did those things. And a lot of times he didn't even know about it. The money he gave to the libraries, the things he did for his sure. players, how he got them to go to class, all those things. He didn't give a shit what people thought about him one way or the other. So the the good things he did were as genuine as the bad things he did were, mm -hmm. were bad. So that made him a very compelling character. Um, I, you know, I don't give a lot of thought to, was he a good guy, was he a bad guy? Human beings are, are, are complicated. Yes. Um, he's part of a bygone era, and that's probably a good thing that, you know, 
there aren't Bobby Knights running around there coaching our young people anymore. Well, that, okay, I, I know you got to go. Dan Wetzel wrote the best column. Well, I didn't like. I didn't read it, all of them, but I thought it was a damn good one. I read that and, one. And, yes, it and, was good. And the Deca- Seth Davis wrote a great one too. And yep. one interesting dichotomy point was the man was, uh, if you want to use one word, disciplinarian, the ultimate disciplinarian, and he had no self control. Right. In his own behavior, yep. he had no self control. Uh, total asshole and garbage of a human. It, it, you mentioned all those things, but in general, to people he didn't have to be nice to. I mean, everybody has their own barometer of how what it makes a good human. Uh, to me, there, there, there's, there's something over here in this column of how nice are you to the people you're not supposed to be nice to? Right. And that was clear that he that was not a strength of his. Right. Um, and, of course, I and a few other guys in the Soup Falls media had our own personal encounter. That got <laughs> recirculated. I felt like he was playing a character. Because it looked like we, it, yes. He was playing a character. Yes. Like, he, uh, he, it felt like... Uh, he came to Sioux Falls seven years ago, Pentagon Kids Camp. He, uh, you know, we, somebody, Cat Clark asked him, are you watching the NBA Finals? Yeah. And, of course, he's not. And then I said, why sa- the hell would I? Rah, rah, yeah. Rah, rah, and I rah, said, yeah. why not? And he said, well, why? Uh, I'd rather be golf. I'm like, you're not answering why, motherfucker. Tell me why. <laughs> and on the third why, he's like, why ask why? Don't like it. Deal with it. And then poor Ian Fraser asked about Mike Miller and uh, did you recruit him? Yeah. How the hell? Jesus Christ. How the hell am I supposed to remember 25 years ago? <laughs> and I kind of like thought to myself, maybe – Bobby Knight was. This is a. This is part of. This is a tiny little microcosm glimpse. Maybe he was doing us a solid. Like maybe if he would have just been like, if we would have walked away going, wow, you know, in person, Bobby Knight's a real gentleman. He was a real nice guy to us, small town bumpkins. You uh, would have been denied the Bobby Knight experience. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And the other part of that morning, and I, rem- I swear I'll be quick. My. Uh, our twelve-year-old, we, I, I, Gilbert was at work, so I brought our, our, I brought our twelve-year-old and our, she was nine at the time. They're both basketball players to this camp. Win-win. I get to talk to Bobby Knight, and uh, felt like I had to do it. He's in town at, for my radio show, and uh, and you know they get the little kids camp thing. They like basketball. Well, Hay- Hayden just didn't want to go, and he said he had a his foot hurt, and maybe it really did, but he was, like, sitting out everything. And then finally, Bobby Knight was, to his credit, going around to every station. He didn't phone it in and just walk around and do nothing. He went and taught kids at different age groups, station to station. Got to Hayden's group, and Hayden's sitting on the bleachers, and I'm like, go. Go in there. Yeah. And, and I, tried to tell, tried, I tried to talk Bobby Knight up on this trip. I'm like, he's like 90 years old, but trust me, I know you've never heard of him. He's like the greatest <laughs> basketball coach ever. He's the greatest <laughs> basketball mind ever. Uh-huh. And so when the time came, and he's like, no, and then he like slumped off into the bathroom. I chased him to the bath. I didn't chase him, but I like, I waited for him to get there. And then I kind of like, I channeled Bobby Knight. And I'm, <laughs> I'm a step parent, and I don't know these. I just moved back. I don't know the kids very well. So I kind of lit into him Bobby Knight style. Like, I didn't <laughs> yell and scream at the top of my voice. Get your ass out there. Yes, yeah, I, I, yeah. I did. I said, get your ass out there. You're going to learn something. I don't care if you don't want to. And he did. He slumped over there. It didn't. It it didn't do me a damn bit of good because <laughs> Hayden is not the kind of kid. Most kids these days, they whether you like it or not, they don't really respond to that kind mm-hmm. of uh, parenting. Mm-hmm. It seems like. So, anyway, R.I.P. Bobby. And a reminder: the Gateway Lounge, best place for you Jackrabbit and Yotes fans to be if you can't be at the games. Now SDSU is going to be in Youngstown. Next best thing, if you're a Jack fan, is to be at the Gateway at 11 a.m. on Saturday. For the Jacks and the Penguins, at noon, USD is in the Dome. Uh, They'd like you there if you're a Yote fan. I mean, they'd really like you there, but uh, they're playing number 10, North Dakota. It's a mid-coast sports game. Of course, the Gateway Lounge will have that. And between those two, plus a bunch of other 11 a.m. games, it should be a fun lineup. 
all across the TVs at the Gateway with awesome food and service because the Huskers are playing at that time against Maryland. It's on Peacock. How many of you actually have Peacock? I don't. Uh, Michigan, Penn State, Alabama, Kentucky in that window as well. And then at 2.30, Wowzer, talk about that Big Ten West, Iowa, Rutgers, Minnesota taking on Purdue, an NBC game. What the hell are you doing, NBC, taking garbage like that? And uh, no offense, Gopher fans, but come on. Uh, NBC, really? And uh, Northwestern Wisconsin, you can watch that pillow fight of a Big Ten race that the SDSU Jackrabbits would very much be uh, a part of if they were there. Uh, the 2.30 window game is Big West time, and it's Kalen DeBoer and Josh Heupel time, the former South Dakotans. DeBoer from Milbank, his fifth-ranked Washington Huskies on the cusp of that college football playoff. They're taking on Utah. Massive game at 2.30, and Heupel coaches Tennessee. Big SEC clash, top 20 clash with Mizzou. Uh, you can't watch all the games at once. Might as well watch them all at once at Gateway Lounge. In Sioux Falls, and also the best reason to come on Saturday to the Gateway is sipping for Susie. Susie Cook, one of the best bartenders you'll meet in this city or any other on the planet. Just an absolute ray of sunshine. I learned she had cancer back in May, has just went through another round of chemotherapy. She was there today serving us during the taping of the podcast. Uh, her event, uh, 1 to 5 on Saturday, sipping for Susie. Uh, there will be... An all-you-can-drink special to be a part of the event. Plus, there will be uh, a silent auction and a 50-50 raffle and a really good time while you watch college football Saturday at the Gateway Lounge. Sipping for Susie. All proceeds will go towards Susie Cook's fight against cancer as she continues to kick its ass. Uh, By the way, Sunday... Vikings and Packers at the same time. They can only have one on the TV in Sioux Falls, and the Vikings usually win that battle. So if you're a Packers fan, come to the Gateway. Come to the Gateway. Watch them side-by-side with the Vikings, plus the Niners and Jags should be a hot one at noon. 3 o'clock, Lions, Chargers, Giants, Cowboys. Always a good time at the Gateway. And a reminder, all day Friday and then Saturday night, the state football championships will be taking place in the Dakota Dome. You can't make it there. Want to go out and have a good time? Watch the games? Yes, the Gateway Lounge will have the high school football state championships on as well. I will have the games on the radio. If you want to catch them on the radio, 2 p.m. Friday, the 11A final, Dell Rapids and West Central, the top two seeds. Clash of the Titans. Traditional powerhouses. Uh, that's at 2 on Friday, then at 7. It's Pier going for seven in a row against Yankton. Uh, 7 o'clock, again, those games on Fox Sports 98.1, AM 1230, KWSN.com, the free KWSN mobile app. And then on Saturday, I'll call Lincoln, trying to run the table, and they'll face the O'Gorman Knights, 1 versus 3, uh, 7.30 kick, 7 o'clock pregame, Fox Sports 98.1, AM 1230, KWSN.com, and the KWSN mobile app on Saturday night from the Dome. And the cherry on top for me and for you, the listener, Andre Fields, will be on the call with me on those 11A, 11AA, and 11AAA games. While Curtis Riggs, who was on the podcast last week, he joins Craig Maddock on the 11-man games on SDPB. They're a great duo. Uh, if you want to hear Curtis's predictions on who he thinks will win the state championships at those three highest 11-man levels, go back to last week's podcast toward the very end that I did with Curtis Riggs. It was a fun, fun show. And he does the Jackrabbit games for Midco Sports, trying to get Andre Fields, 
trying to get Andre, the former Coyote, and uh, Curtis's heir apparent and the current Sioux Falls Storm head coach. Of course, also a great player with the Storm in some of their glory years. Andre Fields with me on the state football calls Friday and Saturday, but also we're going to try to get him to join us at the Gateway Lounge one of these Tuesdays, maybe uh, this upcoming Tuesday, to placate some USD fans, and why not? Uh, Andre, like Curtis, is awesome to talk to. All right, I'm done talking. Seriously, I am. Yeah.